You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh yeah. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. UFC Paris preview show starts now. Wow, Casey the Robots leads us in because for the first time ever. The UFC is in the city of lights, the city of love, the fashion capital of the world as UFC Paris is set to go down tomorrow, a historic event for the promotion, one that has a high stakes main event in the heavyweight division. Thank you for joining us. Let us welcome you to our live UFC Paris preview show on MAFighting.com. Early start time for the card means early start time for the preview show. I am Mike Heck. Joined by the sleep-deprived, the man's man, Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee. Hello. Hello, Mr. my best no friend. Gray. Hello, my best friend. Hello, Hello. my best friend. Yes, I. Uh, if, if anyone was up getting live updates from MMAfighting.com on the UFC Paris official lands, great it website. was... Great website. It was uh, your boy up at uh, 3 in the morning, Eastern Time. Uh, bringing you those updates and w- and with pleasure I, I i do not say this to get gratitude or praise uh i enjoyed it it was a great way to spend an evening slash morning uh and i'm revitalized by uh uh, uh, uh casey's robot like intro shades of uh of, of a daft punk which i think is very appropriate for for usc paris Wow, that's very well done, AK. Very mm-hmm. well done. Let mm-hmm. us say hello to a man who is very well rested. Probably got his full eight hours, Mr. No Gray Area himself, Jed Mishu. Hello, Jed. Hey, Mike. Doing great. Coming off a big dub, you know, right for a great website. Everything's great. Talking about a okay card. It's a great day. And of course, Casey the Robot lied in on the ones and twos. Shout out to him. We'll hear from him a little bit later on. But AK. UFC Paris, quality main event between Cyril Gaon and Tai Tuivasa. There's a lot on the line there. Co-main event is a great fight, one that's kind of flying under the radar, for being honest, between Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori. Some good scraps mixed in across the slate, some local flair for the Paris and French MMA fans. Do we have a patented AK Lee Gymnastics scale score for this oh. card? And do we have a poll? Do we have a poll? Oh, no, we have neither. I'll, I'll set a poll after I do my bit. Um, 
Boy, I, you know, it's funny. I was looking at the card. I was giving it a deep look this morning, but more for like fact checking and kind of getting some background and some of these fighters who I'll be honest, I'm not super familiar with. Um, though I guess on the basis of that, you can kind of make your own score. It definitely does not. It's, it's below an eight. It's below an 8.0 as much as I, I really love the main event. I'm really excited for the co-main, as you mentioned. Um, and I think I think most people are too. But the rest of the card, it's uh, slim pickings, I would say, as far as like more casual like, what's a good hook for the casual viewer? Ugh, you know what? I don't know. Um, well, again, we'll get into it. There are some definitely some good ones. This has to be, though, closer to, like, a 7.5, 7.4 on the gymnastics scale. And that's, like, again, that's, like, if everything goes right and and we get some big surprises. Um, you know, you, you can always – you never know. It's a, You can always use the – it's the cards that we doubt and that we kind of, like, criticize beforehand that always love her. Yeah. Yeah, fine. I don't know. Maybe that happens. But just being objective, just looking at some of the names who people may know, or in this case, may definitely not know, uh, 7.4, 7.5, or, or uh, 7.4, 7.5. There we go. Well done. Well done. Weird. Just amazing stuff. This is why you come here. It's Canadian. This preview show. So Jed, yes, he sure is. Jed, Cyril Gan returns. He gets to fight in front of his home crowd. First fight since the loss to Francis Ngannou. Takes on the surging Tai Tuivasa, who has become quite the underdog story and quite the popular fighter on top of that. Currently, our friends at DraftKings has the line, Cyril Gan, massive favorite, up to minus 580. Come back on Tai Tuivasa, plus 440. Now, Jed, you have a great podcast with Connor Burks. No bets barred. And while many, even on heck of a morning this morning, people are like, this line is crazy. They're scoffing at this line. They're scoffing at it in a certain way. You are also scoffing at it, but probably not in the same way everybody else is. Is that accurate? Oh, super. Uh, I am astonished that this line has stayed as low as it has. I, I'm, I'm going on a big limb, and maybe I will look like a big old idiot. That's totally possible. I almost have a Valentina Shevchenko earlier this year, uh, but. I don't know how Tai Tuivasa wins this fight. Like, I just genuinely don't know it. I uh, I said it on, on No Bets Bar. I said yesterday on Be- um, Between the Links, also a great program. Make sure you check that out. Uh, I wrote it in the gambling column uh, preview that will arise today. Here, here are just the facts, man. I don't know how else to put this, but clean facts for you. Gan has lost 0% of a fight in which he was standing. He has won every single minute of every fight he has been standing in. You go look at his record. He blanked all of his opponents who didn't take him down. He was tuning Francis Ngannou up on the feet. Granted, Ngannou had the blown knee or whatever, but he was taking Ngannou to school. He's the bus driver. Hey, load on up. I'm going to take you to school. I'm going to teach you how to kickbox because that's a thing I can do better than anybody else in the heavyweight division. And he lost when he got taken down, and that's it. And unless Tai Tuivasa has been working on his D1 wrestling skills or whatever, he's just going to do the same. He's, he is nothing different that Sirogan hasn't faced. I love Tai Tuivasa. I hate this fight because I think it's way more fun to keep Tai as a fun guy. But what what's he going to do? Charge forward and punch Sirogan in the face? He's sure not going to do that because no one else has been able to do that. And it's not like Tai is a better athlete than Francis Ngannou. Like, he just doesn't have the tools to make anything happen. I think... I straight up gone should be a minus 1000 favorite in this fight. Like it's such a good matchup for him. AK, do you agree with that? I know, I know after appearing on no bets, barred great podcast that 
you've sort of tapped into the pony playing side of the Prince of Positivity. So now that you are not, I mean, you're not, a, you're not a big one, but you have dabbled a little bit more than you have in the past. So the Prince do you agree of with Jed? Bets, baby. Let's go. That's right. Do you agree with Jed that this line should actually be higher in favor of Cyril Gone? What's it at now? Like about plus, plus 600 for uh, plus 600 Gone, eh? Plus five fifty. Minus five eighty. I'm sorry. Minus. Excuse me. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. Minus five. Um, it could be higher. Sure. Sure. But uh, I think, as most people know, I am much more optimistic that something absolutely crazy would happen. Now, Jed is objectively right. Like, I just don't know how you break this fight down and how you, you know, based on what we both we know about Tai Tuivasa, based on what we know about Cedar Gan. Um, if we expect a bounce back performance from Sidogan, which, which I mean, by all accounts, you should. It's hard to say. He's never lost before, but doesn't seem like the guy who's going to just relax after taking a tough championship loss like that. But I have been really pushing the tie to Ivasa train for a while. So maybe people should not trust my judgment on this. And I would certainly say do not gamble on this long shot. But so many stranger things have happened in heavyweight. And yes, a very, very, very strange thing would have to happen for Tai Tuivasa to beat Sidogan. I understand that, but I just feel it. I feel there's something. I, I really have been. Uh, I think when Ty knocked out Derek Lewis, we had quite a bit of discussion over. Man, is he really a top three like heavyweight? Does he take Derek Lewis's spot? And and I think eventually, if you look at our rankings, we kind of decided no. Most of us decided bump Derek Lewis down and then kind of give Ty a top five spot, but not you know not 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 in the no higher than that. Um, but I think I put him at four. I think I might have him as high as anyone, and I stand by it. I, I just don't see why. This run can't continue for him. You know, even looking at their skill sets, even looking at the matchup, great matchup for Seattle, terrible matchup for Ty Tuivasa. I get it. I'm, but I'm, I'm expecting. I, I just think he's going to bring maybe not something that that um, Seattle hasn't seen before, but just in, in a way, in a way, he's going to bring a, a an approach, a style, an attitude that maybe Seattle hasn't seen before. Because I don't know if anyone has this kind of weird, laid back, brash confidence. Um, that Tuivasa has right now. And that could be to his detriment, but I am leaning towards it being to uh, to his benefit. I've definitely never once thought of Derek Lewis as a laid-back, confident dude. He's not that confident, I don't think. He's laid-back. We'll agree to disagree on I that. Mean, I mean, not, <laughs> not in the same way that Ty is. Not in the same way that Ty is. Ty now was saying all the right things about about like oh I want to be a champion and all that stuff and and and, and I believe it like I I don't Derek Lewis never really had that moment he's is so reluctant it's so reluctant and he got two title fights and both times there's kind of that reluctance to like to like jump in and say yes I am the best heavyweight in the world yes I am going to you know I am going to do this like I, I don't think Derek Lewis ever really embraced that I think there's a slight difference with Ty I do feel like Ty really genuinely believes that he could be the UFC heavyweight champion I don't know if Der- I think that's one hurdle Derek Lewis never quite got over. Maybe. Yeah, they both have, I mean, it's not equal, but they both have this sort of confident indifference to them. Derek's more on the indifferent side, while Ty is a little more on the confident, I want to be the best in the world side. Derek Lewis was never really like that. She's like, give me my money and let me do my damn thing. But Jed, we'll, we'll get your official pick in a moment. I think we know where you're leaning, but we'll dive into more specifics there. We got your side of the stakes on BTL, so I'll go to AK. And I know Jed disagrees with this, so but I want to get your take on this, AK. I feel like... The lion's share of the pressure here is on Cyril Gaon. He just lost to the champion in his last fight. The division is sort of in shambles in the aftermath of that fight because of Nganu's future being unknown, not just because of the knee injury, but 
you know, because of the contract status, there's the 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 unknown surrounding John Jones and Stipe Miacic. There's Curtis Blades, and I know that was a tough way to win, but he is coming off of a win in the books against Tommy Aspinall. So taking a back step right now for Ciro Gone is very, very bad. And for Ty to kind of build upon the point, the guy's very popular. He's fan friendly. He is a fresh matchup for the champion and a lot of other guys in the top five right now. And everybody loves the Cinderella story. So if Gon wins, yes, it's a setback for Ty. Gon will probably fight Blades. But I think this is a loss here is something Tuavasa can come back from. And if he wins, good Lord. But if Gon loses again tomorrow, that's too straight. This one would be in front of a home crowd. I think this sets him back quite a ways. What are your thoughts on the pressures and the stakes here for both guys? Uh, yeah, listen, I said a lot about Ty's mindset. I didn't speak too much about Cyril, but I actually do think Cyril is pretty solid mentally. Again, I, I think he's one of the better personalities in MMA, not just the heavyweight. Um, he, he's he's definitely not like a lot of fighters. He, I think he carries himself in a unique way. I think he has kind of a quirky sense of humor, and I like that about him. And and I, again, those are things that I consider to be a plus, especially if we're talking about how you deal with a loss, how you deal with you know coming off a, a championship opportunity that on paper a lot of people thought was very winnable for you. And and then losing it in such an unexpected way, being out wrestled. Um, so yeah, listen, that that stuff is tough. But that stuff is also very like solvable. It's fixable. You know, he could he can look. There's so many things he can look at in that Francis Ngannou fight and be like, wow, like this is this is really what went wrong here. Um, it, it's not a mystery. You know, after the fight is over, it's not a mystery what happened. We know we know where, where the weaknesses were. Now is that going to play in here? I mean, like we said, probably not. Tuivasa is not turning to D1 tie and uh, shooting him for a lot of takedowns. I don't imagine. And if he does, I don't know if he could do it with the effectiveness of, of Francis Ngannou. But just just the idea of having to, you know, just the feeling of having, of losing, of having had a weakness exposed, um, I think will be very good for Seattle. So he doesn't really strike me, e- even with the pressure of fighting in Paris, headlining the first UFC event in, in, in this city. Uh, it's, I think he's the kind of guy that's going to thrive off of it, for sure. And I think, and I think win or lose, um, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to ruin him. I think it'll hurt for sure. Too straight, of course, uh, once you get to this level, very tough. And then losing in front of your home crowd, even tougher. But like I said, he has a demeanor that I think he loses too straight. Yeah, he takes a step back in the division. But for me, it does not rule him out at all of, uh, of battling back into contention. In fact, I might go as far as to say, I know, and I know you just made a strong point for Ty, how Ty could fight his way back. But I might, I might disagree with my best friend and say that I actually think uh, if Ty loses, this might be his last I don't want to say his last. It is heavyweight, but it'll it'll be tough for him to sort of get back to um to this level he's reached. He's on a hell of a streak right now. Uh, it'll be it'll be really difficult to replicate that again. Gone. I think like his skill set is just so good. Um, he could find a way back easier. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're you're both not wrong about that, but we don't live in the world of meritocracy here in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. We live in a world where the best fight, not even the best fight, but the fight that makes the most money makes the most sense more so than who deserves what so forth and so on we've talked about it many times and we will continue to talk about that but anything you want to add to that jed that ak didn't say just uh, i think we're overestimating how big of a star tai tuivasa is not that he's not he's certainly people like tai but i think that being a star probably matters less at heavyweight just from the ufc's perspective they sort of seem to view heavyweights naturally as more important i think that's you know old combat sports world taking over there but i would say i said it yesterday on btl i i i thought we all agreed 
which is the thing. This narrative has changed in the last three months. I thought we all agreed when we beat Derek Lewis. So like, oh, dude, he's the top three. There's no way he's actually a top three guy. But like, this is really fun. Let's keep this going. Like, as soon as he loses, the the oasis vanishes. The mirage disappears. Like, he, Sigur Gon is legitimately good. Like, he's like legitimately one of the best heavyweights in the world and will be for some time. Taito Ivasa is at a streak right now and when clock strike midnight like that's it the pumpkin doesn't turn back into a carriage so the pressure is on him except for ty doesn't care about the pressure so it's it, it just is what it is this is a fight that's good and matters i don't think either dude is coming in with a lot of built up anxiety about it but if there's pressure somewhere here yeah i think it's absolutely on ty well, I guess it's me and New York Rick versus Jed and AK. And that's fine. That's why we have these preview shows. But I, I think we're all in agreement that after the win over Derek Lewis, Tai Tuivasa should have just been thrown into some sort of interim title fight immediately. And if he wins this fight on tomorrow, he should his next fight has to be for the title, whether it's interim or not, depending on how this all shapes out. But if Tai Tuivasa beats Daryl Gunn, his next fight has to be for the title. Should have been Ty versus Tommy Aspinall. Like that was the fight. If, if he has to fight somebody that's not going to be for a belt, instead of Cyril Gaon, Tommy Aspinall. Because then you're at least boosting Tommy if he gets the dub. And also apparently Tommy Aspinall's knee didn't work. So then Ty would have won that fight and then he's in <laughs> and he's in a title fight. So that was the fight that should have happened. Giving Ty, Cyril Gaon, or Curtis Blades were promotional malpractice. And that we ended up with one of those. So it was fun. Yeah. The shoey phase was fun. <laughs> So I guess we know, I mean, we already know clearly if you've listened for the last 10 minutes where you're going with this pick, but what's like the official pick gone via fill in the blank. I'm officially taking gone via decision. Ty is really tough. Uh, the only question for me is whether Ty decides uh, after losing a couple of rounds, F it, I'm, I'm just going to go haywire here at which point he's really going to open himself up for counters. But I think the most likely thing is, we see gone do zero gone things and just be way more athletic and be on his bike and hit and not get hit and Ty have no real answers to that. So I'm t- officially taking by decision for zero gone. AK, what's what's your official pick here? Are we going with the upset? Are you picking Ty to Ivasa? Is that is that what he's about to say? Oh, of course I am. Uh uh, as Jed, you know, that, and I think Jed had it right, is will, will Ty go berserk? And I think he will. And I think he'll go berserk in round two. I think an absolutely like frustrating first five minutes where he just lands nothing on Cito Gan. He kind of tries to like smart, fight a smarter fight and just, you know, obviously gets outclassed. And I think it'll, I don't think it's going to take that long. I think it's one round of, of getting uh, uh, embarrassed and he's like, I'm going for it. I'm going. If I get knocked out, I get knocked out. But I am, I am having faith he's going to put the pressure on this man somehow and somehow land a big shot. Uh, I don't know if it's, you can call it, you can call it luck. You can call it again, uh, you know, the, the benefits of aggression, whatever you want to call it. I, I just, I, I am, I have said this for a long time. And so I can't go against it. I've said to Ivasa can knock out Seidel And now on this show, Mike, I am saying he will knock out Seidel in round two. Wow. Now, from a betting perspective, and I'm not a better. I have been on No Bets Barred, great pod- podcast one, once before. But there's there's two ways I would go with this if I was actually betting. And I wouldn't money line any of this unless you're parlaying some stuff up. Zero God by decision is plus 200. I like that a lot. 
But if you're going to bet on Ty, like why even, why not get the most juice possible and just take him by KO, which is plus 650 right now. So some betting advice from a guy who doesn't bet, but I think Jed would agree that both of those lines make more sense than picking these guys straight, right? Uh, certainly on the tie. Like I don't, I don't think there's a person alive who thinks Ty's winning a decision. Like it's, it's KO or bust. So I am honestly uh, super surprised that line's that different. Like, because he's he's like plus four plus four forty. I yeah. I would have thought the KO line was like maybe plus five hundred. Like it should have been very similar. So if it's a plus six something, uh, if you're backing Ty in any regard, that would be the way to go. I don't quite agree. I I do think a bet on gone by decision uh, is fine at plus two hundred. I'm betting the over on this fight at a two and a half. I'm also taking a shot on the over three and a half, and I've gone in several parlays, but. I said it on No Bets Bard this week. I think actually like the the best bet you could make on this card is to just put all of the money you would bet on any fight on Cyril Gone, even at this price. Like I know the price is high, but whatever you are going to bet, just don't bet the other ones because this feels like such a lock to me. And wow. it's still a real value because again, I think this line should be minus a thousand. So at minus five eighty, this is tremendous value. <laughs> For, for Jed, my perspective, I, I don't want to tell you how to run no bets bar because you and Connor do an amazing <laughs> job. But shouldn't should, shouldn't we have a no heavyweight fights are a lock rule? Isn't that a thing? Isn't that such a thing that no heavyweight fights are a lock? We just saw, no. we just saw Romanov, Romanov and Tabura. Would you not have called that a lock? No, I didn't but, think but, that was a lock. Oh, I, I definitely thought of- I definitely thought Romanov was going to win, but I didn't think that was a lock. But like, oh, I think a lot of people did. I don't. I think I think that's your rule. No, there's no such thing as a heavyweight lock. No, no, there no. is a heavyweight lock, though, <laughs> not, not not officially a lock, but scientific research dictates that there is one sort of heavyweight lock or close to it. Right, Jen? We're almost we've almost proven that heavyweight overs always hit. It's we need oh. a few more tests to confirm. But we we know definitively that flyweight yes. unders hit. I said the opposite of flyweight unders, the inverse rule. I, the inverse exactly. Rule. So I was I was in I was interested in scientifically testing the inverse rule and it has hit a lot lately. So a few more tests. But. I'm firmly on the over this week and, you know, a couple more tests and we'll, we'll have that scientifically proven that heavyweight overs never miss. Wow. So as far as my pick, I'll make my pick short and sweet. Grinding. Yeah. I think the first eight minutes of this fight are going to be edge of your seat viewing, but I think gone is pretty savvy and smart enough to mind his P's and Q's to the effect that, this one's just going to get extended. It's going to get out of the second round. And then that's when gone is really going to pull away here. He's just going to out kickbox tie to Ivasa down the stretch. I think to will make it to the final bell, but I think he loses probably a 50, 45 decision here. So yeah, that's what I think happens. But Ty does have the quote unquote. No one going, no one going gone by submission. I wanted somebody to feel frisky with it. You know nah, the man's just, got a little bit of sub. You got some does. subs on him. He, he legitimately does. Yeah, he does. But he's coming off of a loss, and I think he's just going to fight a smart fight, like the the just the smartest fight he can. Just stay away, survive the first eight minutes of the fight, and just cruise. No need to oh. do anything crazy. So apparently, what? the apparently the listeners to this program do not believe me because as I'm looking at DraftKings, Sirogan oh. has dropped to minus five forty. Oh, so, whoa. So you guys aren't paying attention because somehow the number's <laughs> moving more towards gone, the which doesn't way. make any sense to me. 
Uh, they, so love that, they, love, <laughs> yeah, they love that tie by knockout, you know, it's to, to, I guess maybe tie, tie by knockout. And uh, I will say, our, may just, it may be that they've, somebody was like, oh, tie by knockouts plus 650. That's stupid. So, yeah. Uh, our YouTube poll right now, uh, and I didn't put, I didn't put who wins the main event. I want to phrase it a little bit, a little differently. You know, who wins the main event is a little more of like an objective pick. So I want to leave it just like a little more wide open for Ty. So it's just, can Ty Tuivasa beat Sidalgan? Um, so it's 66% right now. Yes. But again, that's a very different question than who would you pick to win the fight? It's just like, it means 66% think somehow, uh, Ty, you know, can find a way can find a way to get a win. But I imagine if it was uh, who, who would win, I'm pretty sure Cito would be, um, it'd be like at least 50 something percent in his favor. So, uh, but right now, yes, uh, 66%, one third of our, uh, of our people who vote in our poll think that uh, he at least has a chance that, uh, Ty Tuivas has a chance. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, there we go. Let's go to the co-main event. The former middleweight champion, Robert Whitaker, taking on Marvin Vittori. If you haven't seen it at the ceremonial weigh-ins, Marvin Vittori hit Robert Whitaker with the, the fake-out handshake, gave him the little Dikembe Mutombo, no, 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 and said some things. Whitaker just smirked, and Vittori walks away. Vittori just basically did Vittori things at the ceremonial weigh-ins, but... We have a fight between two guys, AK, that are battling it out to be the number two middleweight in the world. Both guys have already lost twice to the current champion, Israel Adesanya. What's actually on the line here, AK, outside of the number two middleweight spot in the rankings? You know, I'm one of those people who I always say when you have, you know, when, you, when you're able to just put together what I think is a great matchup like this, I don't want to sweat. You know, I feel like not every fight has to be about title implications. Has to be about oh, how how many fights are they away from getting a rematch with with Adesanya? Because like they're both pretty far. They're both pretty far. Um, neither guy's second fight with him was particularly exciting. Let's be honest. Um, Whitaker maybe maybe gave him a little bit of a better challenge, but that was that's that fight is sort of part of the um, current. You know, uh, is he? Uh, is he a boring fighter narrative? So that's usually not a good sign and not something that would make the UFC want to book that one again anytime soon. Um, so I'll be honest. So for me, honestly, I don't – I'm just glad this fight is happening. I think it's been postponed, what, like a couple of times maybe? At, at least once, at least once. Um, but it's definitely one that's been in the works and people have talked about for a while. So I'm glad they were able to keep it together. Sometimes I just want to see two top five middleweights fight each other, especially one that I think is a, it's a good style matchup. I think Whitaker, you know, has a takedown defense to not get dominated by um, Vittori. Vittori decides to wrestle. I think Vittori has enough striking and, and certainly size and power um, that if, uh, if Whitaker, you know, if, if it stays in the feet, he's an interesting challenge for Whitaker. You know, I think Whitaker's a more skilled fighter, but I do think he's going to be giving up um, some legitimate size to Marvin Vittori. So, I know this is a boring answer. I know people in the uh, in the chat. I'm sure they want blood. They want to know again who's oh, why. Yeah, what are these guys fighting for? What wh- they're not getting the title anytime soon. Why is this happening? Sometimes again, you just want to see high level middleweights go at it. Two of the best guys in the division. That to me is exciting. But um, I don't know. Mileage may vary on that for for everyone else. For those who missed BTL, Jed Bashu got a point talking about this fight just based on 
the description of Marvin Vittori as a fighter and, you know, what's actually going on here. Right now, Robert Whitaker is a minus 210 favorite. Marvin Vittori comes back at plus 180. So, Jed, just to reiterate, and I'll let you go off on your thing here, for those watching right now that are looking for any gambling advice, on our official MMA fighting topology picks, since there's no money lines, no nothing, I would assume you're going to go Robert Whitaker. But from a value perspective based on the current betting lines, I have to say, like, Marvin Vittori at plus 180 in this matchup, that's going to look a little enticing, does it not? You nailed it. I In Tapology, I have picked Whitaker by decision, not to give away the game, but that's what it is. Uh, but I have a bet down on Marvin Vittori. Uh, the number moved a little bit more towards Vittori. Um, it was a little bit higher, plus 195. It's down to plus 180. I got it at plus 195. I won't redo my whole Marvin Vittori thing from yesterday because you can go watch BTL, and frankly, it wouldn't be as good <laughs> as that rendition of it, which was really from the heart. The short version of it is Marvin Vittori is the middleweightiest middleweight that's ever middleweighted, and that's means he's a really damn good fighter. And so I like Robert Whitaker. I think Robert Whitaker probably is the second best middleweight in the world, and by probably I mean he has proven it pretty conclusively. But for who the hell knows what Alex Pajera is going to throw awful wrenches <laughs> in the thing in, in the script here. But he's obviously extremely talented, extremely good, puts his game together well. But he hasn't really fought Marvin Vittori before or a guy of, of that ilk where Whitaker can't get Vittori out of there. We can just start there. There is – I you can't finish Marvin Vittori. It, it is not a thing that is doable. He is too big. He is too durable. His cardio is very solid. And he seemingly does not care what he gets hit in the face with. Could be a two-by-four and he's just going to keep plodding his ass forward, putting your back on the fence. That's a really difficult style for a lot of people to, to match up with. And I know Whitaker's got the karate and the bouncing and the range and stuff. But if he decides he's going to sit down on punches and then he can't get him out of there, what does that look like? I have questions because we I said it yesterday. We saw it the other week. You don't have to score takedowns. I don't think Vittori is going to be able to put Whitaker on the mat. Whitaker is an unbelievably good wrestler. But if you can just hold him against the fence – Judges seem to like that. Jose Aldo lost to Marab Vilashvili because he got held. He just got hugged really, really tightly, and that was very difficult. And at the minimum, if that's what this fight is going to look like, if Vittori is the one always coming forward and Whitaker is bouncing around and, and landing shots that do not hurt him at all because that's the other thing you have to take into account, right? Damage is subjective. Judges view shots differently, and even if the shot looks like it lands clean and it does – if Vittori just walks through it because he's impervious to damage, then that will weigh less heavily on the judges' minds. And maybe something something weird happens. Maybe maybe Whitaker starts breaking down a little bit under the constant pressure. Maybe the judges just see Vittori holding him and are like, I'll give him the rounds. And a weird splitty happens. I think this fight is close to 60-40, you know, maybe 55-45 Whitaker. I, I do favor him to win. And I would favor him a lot more over five rounds, honestly. Three rounds, a lot of weirdness can happen in three rounds, man. It's a short fight, and Vittori is a really difficult guy in a lot of respects for a lot of people. So I've got a value bet on Whitaker, on, on Vittori. I do think Whitaker will win. Love an over bet here. Also, just to answer the question you led with AK, what they're fighting for is the, the presidency of the Alex Pajeta fan club. 
because whoever wins this fight, if Pejeta knocks out Izzy, well, they're probably getting the next middleweight title shot. So that's that is what this is for. The president of the Alex Pejeta fan club. Jed, what are your thoughts about Whitaker talking about the move to 205? Like he does, doesn't want to just go up willy-nilly and be, as he said, to the fine folks at Submission Radio. He doesn't want to be just like a fat middleweight fighting at 205. He wants to take it seriously and take the time to move up the right way. So let's just say we're probably not going to have a decision. If he goes out, wins this fight, he's probably going to wait till after November 12th to see how that fight between Adesanya and Pereira plays out before he makes his official decision. But let's just say Adesanya goes in there, beats Pereira. We move on from that feud. Do you like the idea of Whitaker going to 205 or do you think he should stay where he's at? I don't know. Um, it's something I really never envisioned. I know he used to talk about it before he lost the belt to Izzy that like that would have been a thing for him. But something I he feels far too small. He's a former welterweight, and it seems like he's too big to go to welterweight legitimately. But even if I mean if he's gonna go doing it like he said, putting on the size is probably a better idea. But I still just don't. I mean, he in that same interview acknowledged. I all even doing this correctly. I don't like some of the pretty clear disadvantages I will have. They they will all be bigger than me, even if I add weight, and that will that will bring challenges. And I think that's true. I think the truth is he's a middleweight, and if he wants to rich Franklin it, you know, and just be the second best middleweight in the world, then take fights at one ninety five or do kind of that thing. Because don't I mean. 205 sucks ass. Like he could beat a lot of a lot of top 15 light heavyweights. Now it's a terrible division. He's a really good fighter. But I think he's he's just a middleweight. This is where his best work's gonna be done. And I'd rather him do Rich Franklin and maybe take a one-off 195 or some catch weights against some other, you know, aging big names or whatever, than than move up to a division where he he'll have success, but I don't think he'll be a legitimate title threat. AK, who are you picking? Are we going with Bobby Knox or are we going with the durable, block-headed Martin Vittori? The Reaper, by the way, his real nickname. Uh, the Reaper not. by knockout. What? By knockout. He's going to knock him out. He's going to catch him. He's going to be the first guy to finish Marvin Vittori. Third round. Entertaining first two rounds. We get some of that, not quite that uh, Costa Vittori uh, brawl, which was hilarious and awesome. I wish I, it's definitely not going to go that way, but I think it is going to sp- spend a lot of time on the feet. I think Whitaker will be able to keep his back off the cage, and I think he's going to catch Vittori with something in the third and surprise and just shock everyone. Shock. Vittori will just be like, what the F happened? Uh, so I'm going to go, yeah, long shot, total random long shot pick. This, this is the mood I'm in, guys. For anyone who, who didn't tune in, who just tuning in now, I'm going to a Voss second round knockout. I'm going Whitaker third round knockout. And for anyone asked, hell no, I'm not putting money on either of these wagers. Uh, so you shouldn't either. But I mean, just for the uh, fun, fun thing to say and what would be like the most interesting and uh, ex- exciting outcome. Yeah, I would love to see the, uh, the, the two top fights end in knockouts. Robert Whitaker by Nako is plus four hundred AK, so you get a little bit of a little bit of juice I'm there. Listening. Uh, I'm listening. My, fa- my favorite so thing, long. my favorite thing about that whole prediction you just gave, AK. Jed's face changed multiple times, and I'm curious as to why. I just, I, I don't know, man. I mean, if it happens, cool. But then a week later, when 
Robert Whitaker is suspended because he loaded his gloves with adamantium <laughs> before he swung on. Like, I don't, it just ain't, that's, that's not even, even better for me. Even better. It's, I like, if, if there are two things I feel unbelievably confident on in this card, it's that Cyril gone is winning. And it's that this fight is going to a decision. Like, I don't, I will be stunned if outside of a freak injury, either way, you know, if, if a Tommy Aspinall thing, knock on wood happens, that happens, but I cannot envision a world where Robert Whitaker is the dude who's able to put Marvin Vittori out. But I will say this, AK's card is going to be way more fun than mine. I think I'm picking like 10 decisions on this thing. So root for AK's outcomes because it will be a far more entertaining card. I like where you're coming from. I'm going Whitaker decision. It's not much more I could add to, to Jed's breakdown of the fight. I just think Vittori's durability, the fact that he pushes the pace so much that he can push the action against the fence and he could probably score points over there in this kind of a fight. I think it's competitive, but I think at the end, we're not going to have really a lot of doubts in our minds. We're going to feel like, all right, Whitaker won, but it's not going to be like a fight of the night kind of a fight. I think it's just going to be like a really interesting fight to watch between one skill set and then just another skill set and the durability behind it as the landscapers have arrived. It's typical preview show stuff, no matter what time we do it. That's what happens. So we'll move on to you, AK. What is the low-key banger? Like, I know there's some obvious ones out there, but what's what's the fight that's just not getting enough love in your eyes? I mean, the one on the main card, listen, I, I want to show love to my Canadian boy, Charles Rodin, Nathaniel Wood for, and both of them, by the way, stepping up on like relatively short notice. I think they've both fought within the last uh, two months. So very smart. Hey, both of them want to stay busy. Great. It's a competitive division. Get in there. Uh, Charles Rodin, you know, French Canadian gets to, gets to compete in, uh, in France. That'd be, uh, you know, obviously that's a lovely thing to do. Um, but I mean, I have to ask, like I'm bringing this fight up just to ask. Why is Nasruddin Imavov and Joaquin Buckley on the prelims? And with respect to no William one knows. Gomes, no and one with respect knows. to William Gomez and Jarno Aarons, why are they? Dude, why did they screw that? I don't understand. Screw that. I'm fine with William Gomez being on there because he's French. What in the name of God is Alessio De Chirico and Roman Kopolov doing the third fight from the top? Yeah, and, you're right. And it's Kopolov middle of is right. Kopolov yeah. hasn't won a fight in the UFC, and De Chirico is not good. I don't know what the hell the matchmakers Nas- did here. And it's not even – and for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure everyone does know, like Nasruddin Imavov fights out of it's France. Good. He is He is a – and he's a, he's, a, he's ranked in our – he's a top 15 yeah, uh, he's a good uh, French middleweight in our rankings. He's a sleeper to someday fight for a title. He's They're not even the featured prelim, at least not from what I saw on the schedule. So it makes no sense. Very confusing. This is, one, this is one of the most confusing card placements I've seen. Um, so I, it is a low-key banger just by definition because it's weird on a very strange spot on the uh, ESPN Plus Plus prelims. Again, I guess the whole card's in ESPN Plus, so maybe it's not that big of a deal where fighters are. But it does look strange when you look at a lineup um, that if billing matters to you. That as as Jed said, there's a middleweight bout between Dekirko and Kapilov, so fighting the same division, and then a very random bout between newcomers. Both bad. <laughs> and then uh, newcomers William Gomez and uh, Jarno Aaron. Yes, William Gomez. Um, uh, I'm fine with Gomez. Gomez is French. So that oh, makes but why sense. him? Instead, but why him instead of Imavov? Imavov also know. played out of France. So like, why? <laughs> uh, because um, because Erno's Dutch okay. and their flag is very similar to the French flag. Like it's just it's just uh-huh. turned. Like I don't. Okay. 
I'm at least fine with you putting a French fighter on the main. I, there's no excuse for Lester DiCarico to be on this main card. Like, there's zero. Makes no sense. So this is confusing. It's very. This is a. This is a boardroom conversation where it's like, let's just put this fight there so we can get butts in the seats early because it's our first time here. That's probably what they're thinking. It still doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense when you could just do the same thing with some other fights. But be that as it may, that's a good Dude, pick. Just put 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 Benoit on Denis as the opener. There you go. People are there because I think that's a fine idea. But like, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah. What's your low key banger, Jed? Uh, I mean, that is probably by definition the low key banger, just because I mean we've got a good guy going up against. Look, no one's talking about it. I don't. I don't want to be the guy, but nobody's saying anything about it. How many losses does Joaquin Buckley have since he started training the Detroit Urban Survival Tactic Systems, whatever? How many? Zero. He hasn't lost since uh, Commander Dale brought him under his wing and showed him the way. And so I have questions. I'm interested. Uh, that's to me probably the. I mean, the actual best fight on the whole card, like if you're just for excitement, it's Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Nathaniel Wood is going to be anarchy. That fight rules. Uh, but since it's a main card, that's probably not it. Uh, but if we want something different, give me Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, you know, lightweights, love lightweights. Gabriel Miranda is kind of a fun fighter. He's he is the first, I believe... He is the first French fighter on the card, so we'll get the crowd going, get everybody up. Fight's going to be pretty fun. So, not a ton of bangers low key here in my in in my humble opinion. I think Hackbar asked McDessie will be fun. There's a little heat on that one, so that'll be a good one. That's a really fun um, fight. Yeah, and the Jordan like I I can't consider Jordan Wood a low key banger because that fight's being talked about more than the freaking co-main event in a lot of, in a lot of ways in terms of fights people are looking forward to so the yeah. coming event will not be fun so <laughs> it will be <laughs> marvin vittori is not a fun fighter <laughs> he's just never been one so the fight with costa the fight with costa was great that's true but that's Paulo where the costa, costa factor yeah costa yeah might that's be more that like, paulo costa yeah. is has almost never not been fun yeah, he's very reliably chaotic <laughs> for sure yeah he is he is chaotic good so uh yes. yeah I get I get people talking about Jordan Wood. That fight rules. That's a great fight. All right, let's go to the peeps. We'll take a few questions. Oh, by the way, I asked in the second poll. Uh, Hello, do you want to do you want to see Robert Whitaker fight at light heavyweight? Sixty three percent no. So not a lot of interest there right now. <laughs> but just from our YouTube Cause he, poll, because you know. he doesn't he's not a big middleweight. So it's just it's a hard yeah. to be like yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah. Let's go up to two hundred five. Yeah, I'm with the I'm with the majority on this one. All right. Let me pull up the rankings. Who could he beat at 205 right now? I could see him beating up Paul Craig. Oh, well, that was the first guy I saw on the list. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could, be, he could <laughs> definitely beat Paul Craig. I could Craig. see that. Paul oh, Craig just Paul taking strays and Scotland grooming his right, right, right now. Right. Like, it's not I mean, personal. He, he can beat Krylov. Um, no. he, he, could be, he, he could beat Tiago Santos. Definitely. Well, I could see that. Tiago Santos is, should be in no one's top 15. Well, Santos, uh, the for, former He's, he's number too. nine. He's number Four. nine in the UFC rankings. Yeah, he's 12, yeah. 12 in ours. And, uh, and you are correct, Casey. Former middleweight. That's the thing. Like, several top light heavyweights are former middleweights. Yeah. Robert, yeah, Whitaker, I, versus, Robert Whitaker versus Anthony Smith. Who would you pick? Whitaker. 
Wow. Well, see, that's not that. That means I've never, I've good. never respected Anthony Smith as a fighter. <laughs> this is true. This you're, is true. you're never going to make me do it. And I know that it's probably because his name is wow. Anthony Smith, and he looks like oh, a gosh. creative fighter on a UFC video game. <laughs> but that's just, wow. I can't do it. Also, part of it is that he was such a non-entity at middleweight, and then moved up to a bad division and became good. It was like he probably still just isn't good. Two of five is just bad. Which means he's a genius. No, I mean no. <laughs> That dude has done far more than I ever would have imagined with his career. I have nothing but respect for him for his career decisions. I just refuse <laughs> to think he's a good fighter. Probably I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I just refuse to do it. If, you know, actually, the whole the Whitaker going to a five thing I thought was really dumb. Uh, but you're kind of changing my mind now. If Whitaker loses tomorrow... Which I think he could lose. Oh, if, he, he lose. if he loses tomorrow, definitely move up because then you have nothing else to do. No, 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 I mean. If he loses tomorrow, especially if he, he just gets pressed against the cage or something by Vittori for two rounds or whatever. Like you said, you beat Thiago Santos, which we all think that Rob Whitaker would beat at 205. He would be a top 10 205er, which means, pretty much means he's one win away from getting a title shot. Which is much closer to which he's much closer to gold at two hundred five than he would be at eighty five, even if a win. They would not, and they would not slow roll him either. They no, would no. give him. Well, no they would give. They would give him somewhat favor, favorable matchups on the way up to a title fight, more than likely. Here's a hot take for you. Uh, I am more willing to believe that Robert Whitaker could beat Yuri Prohashka than I am that Tai Tuivasa can beat Cyril Gan. Fair enough. Like wow. far Love more it. willing to believe that Robert Whitaker could beat Yuri or Ankalaev than Tuivasa can beat Gon. For as defensively sound Gon is, yeah, I, I, I can, I get that. Yeah. I get that. That makes sense. I like it. I like the fact that you like cracked your knuckles before you made the tape. <laughs> you know, I haven't fired a real good one down the middle, but it was a solid ninety-five mile an hour. Uh, that was a oh. good one. There's, there's no Greg Maddox there. If Jed can come back after his giant loss to BC, then of course Gunn can come back after his loss to Francis. We all know what but happened. It, yeah, but Jed doesn't feel like that was a giant loss. He feels like it we've, was a, a giant win. We've we all saw what happened. I'm just I'm just here to say it. I mean, it's the same. Like, yeah, Drake Drake beat me several times too. We watched the tape. Yeah, we saw. We the all tape. watched the tape. <laughs> Thank you. This David. is something I'm surprised we didn't talk about at all. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. Papa Bless, will there be a takedown shot, a single takedown shot in the Cyril Gan tied to Ivasa fight? Jed, you go I, first. I would take the over half bet. Um, I, we talked about a little on No Bets Bard. I think that there's a world where they just get weirdly entangled and then gone. Maybe not a shot takedown, but Gon finds his way to a back body lock or something and goes for a trip, which is, you know, a takedown attempt. Maybe if, if we're just talking like power double through the middle, no, I don't think that will happen. But I do think there might be a, a little bit of grappling at just, just from how the fight plays out. AK. I'll set. I'm gonna set the line at one and a half. I was gonna say. I would say point five. I would definitely go over. I mean, you're gonna get a. You could easily get a panic shot in there somewhere, right? Someone gets rocked and just out of instinct they shoot in, which I would count as a as a takedown attempt. One point five. 
Well, I, I, again, I'm predicting the fight to end in the second round. So uh, I have to, I would have to go under then. Like I said, there might be one panic shot in there, but, but that's about as far as it would go. So I would go under. I don't think you'd see more than one. I think we're going to – I'm going the over, one and a half. But it won't be like a I'm shooting just so I can get a takedown kind of a shot. I think Cyril will, will do both of them. But just to kind of like mix, mix things up a little bit and give Ty a different look perhaps. Uh, Maybe mix some martial arts at one point. If he up, just gets high on the different. ground, he's he's winning that entire round. Like if he yeah. if he comes in to be D one zero, he's gonna win that round, which would be yeah. funny. So, I think there'll be a couple. I don't think this is gonna be zero gone turning into Marab and shooting twenty two takedown attempts or anything like that. But zero I de- definitely think he'll. I definitely think he'll throw a couple, Casey. I definitely think there'll be takedowns, but what happens if D one Ty shows up? It would be awesome. I would love it. God, it would be great. <laughs> Isn't that the smartest? I mean, we just we just saw. I don't think thing. it's the smartest plan, but it would be great. It'd be well, awesome. If okay, <laughs> do we believe Gon has improved since the Francis fight on the ground? Probably, probably. Yeah. Had to have. Yeah. Are we are we just under that assumption? Assuming. I mean, yeah. This, this yeah, is the biggest. That's assumption. total. It's a total guess, but yes. Yeah. I mean, his coach was on the MA hour and basically said like we are going to work on. Re- defensive yeah. wrestling repeatedly it's, for the next few years essentially it's also it's also less about if if gone has improved defensively than it is is like i don't is is can ty wrestle is ty like i have no belief that ty tuivasa is like a good wrestler and like uh who was the dude who did it i'm blanking on this um i'm gonna come up with this in a minute uh, oh, it's Tiago Santos. I don't know why I was blanking on it. D1 Tiago Santos came out and it worked for like two rounds. And then it was like, oh, I don't, this isn't a thing that I do. And so now I'm just gassed out and dead and I can't fight anymore. <laughs> so like if this was a three round fight, D1 tie would actually, I think would be a hilariously and, and good strategy. But if he wrestles gone for the first two rounds, he is going to have no fuel left. And then he's just a sitting duck. I'm I'm just wondering what's to prevent this fight from being Francis versus Gone again in in terms of the wrestling. Is it just Francis is a much better athlete? That we're I think not- Francis is a better athlete, and we've seen yeah. Francis do some wrestling mm-hmm. before, not a lot, but he has done some of that before. Because like that was at least certainly wasn't a thing that I thought would happen, but like it was in the realm of possibilities. Maybe he scores a takedown. Not like this will be the focal point of my game plan for the last three rounds, <laughs> yeah, and, but and I and I would genuinely believe that Gon's team that was low on their list of priorities. Take Super so obviously it, sh- it shouldn't be you know in a world title fight you probably should be like actually no it doesn't make sense you know you know who Francis Ganu is in a title fight it would for that specific opponent it would make no sense if you if you tried to emphasize everything equally I mean that 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 would no, be just as bad you have to you would have to don't have a game get plan. hit by the big punch yeah, right so that, that's why the wrestling was so effective I mean definitely was not something that that uh that Gon was prepared for none of us were prepared for but what, uh, what the same logic apply to tie well, for tie well, no, no, only because of what happened last time, which is to say, like, I still think it'd be like, what, 70, 30 emphasis on striking, but there's definitely probably more of an emphasis on wrestling and takedown defense than he's ever had in any of his camps, just because of what happened in his last fight. It's I, an I, interesting I, thought. I also just yeah. don't, Francis Ngannou is Francis Ngannou, and it's like, I think that if Tai Tuivasa lands a really big shot, Cyril Gan will not die. Like, he will not be cool because he got hit by a big punch, but I think it is a whole different, like, 
oh, I would like to not get hit by this dude because that's a bad strategy. But it is not the end of the world if he finds some success on the feet. Whereas with Francis, it's like if he touches me, I may in fact implode like just like a dying star. So oh, I can't do that at all. And that's – which honestly means Francis Ngannou should probably exclusively wrestle because that makes him impossible to fight. It's like <laughs> I can't stand up with this dude and he's on my hips all the time. This sucks. So – but it would be really fun. be super interesting. I like where your head's at, Casey. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't believe it, but I just think – I mean – it's the conversation should be there. I mean, it, it's he, that's how he lost his last fight. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I think Gon, arguably, maybe although he's not he's not the champ, but he he might be the best heavyweight in the world. But also, we don't know either if, if he can really if he really has a good ground game or he can get off his back. We just once you get him down there, I don't know. I think, but I think we know he can't uh, until proven otherwise. I think we can assume he can't get off his back because he. Had some success on the ground, but he did not get off his back consistently against Ngannou. And a guy who's not an ADCC grappler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one one knee and he's not an ADCC grappler. It's it's um, not a... It's interesting. Uh, It would be very fun. If Tai Tuivasa shoots like a Danny Sabs takedown, just just (laughs) shoots her across the cage and takes him down in the first 30 seconds, it'd be... I will scream. give Give him something to think about. I will stand up and applaud. AK, cover <laughs> yeah. your ears. Mix the martial arts. Mix the martial arts. <gasps> all right, all right. Uh, let me find some more what questions. Else we Take a couple more. Uh, Focus on this card. We get a. We have our people's pre-fight show coming up tomorrow. We can mix in some other stuff there. Just knocked my headphones out. How much does Ty have to cut? He's 266 on the nose this morning, so. Mm-hmm. So so we expect him to be a little heavier tomorrow for the fight. Yep. Is this going to be a factor? Was was he talking to Ariel about this? Or he did. Was he did. He mentioned. Was it like he walked on it, like it was worse before. Yeah, it was worse in the past. I think he's gotten a bit more into control mm-hmm. now, but he still acknowledges like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big boy. I get big in between fights. I am one of the heavyweights that has to cut down. He came in, uh, for anyone who missed it, 266. So use used that one-pound allowance, came in 266. Uh, still gone. Third fight in a row, 247. That's his sweet spot. I think the one fight before that, like 245. So still gone, and his, he's got his body down like clockwork. It's 245, 247 in that range every time. And he's always going to be, quote-unquote, giving up pounds. But he's not really giving up pounds to some of these guys i mean uh, as far as effective poundages the dude's in incredible shape he's tall he's <laughs> effective pounds yeah effective poundage he's um, giving up effective pounds when ganu is on top of him in rounds three four and five well, listen yeah when ganu has a lot ganu has a lot of effective poundage let's just put it that way i mean that when that when that dude comes at 265 i mean that's just clip that not, please somebody just clip in ganu has a lot yeah. of effective poundage nothing's nothing's being wasted with him so um uh, so yeah it is it is it is it is like it is always weird to say like oh he's outweighed by 20 pounds like even if he is even if they are like relatively around the same weight when they step into the cage it's not that big of a deal he's taller than ty he's taller than a lot of the guys he fights so i mean it's weird it's it's weird to say he weighs less but he's he looks bigger like when he steps in the cage most of these guys he looks bigger so you know make of that what you will i don't think the weight cut is a big deal he, for, uh, he for looks ty like he has hit the gym a lot and tied to he's been there not. yeah he's been there a few he's, times he's, 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 he's familiar. is aware of what a weight rack looks like he knows his way to it yeah, yeah. he's familiar yeah I, I, see, I see him at planet fitness all the time yeah, yeah. 
Um, we're kind of we're we're kind of we're good. Kind of low in questions. Of, yeah, kind of awesome. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. No, listen. I think that's accurate. This is we, we you know I think we've we've given this card its due, but in as far as like sort of like I said, this casual is- intrigue, long term like impact that some of these fights may have, and who knows? Maybe William Gomez or Jarno Aaron's a future 145 pound champion. We don't know. That's kind of that's what's exciting about these cards, right? Is is sometimes you don't know someone. They could be tomorrow's stars, tomorrow's headline grabbers, but at a glance. I think we've said all we can outside of, you know, without making outlandish predictions for some of the for the people in this card. And frankly, I've already made two outlandish predictions for two of the fighters in this card. So uh, people, if I'm right, we'll be seeing Tui Vasov and uh, Whitaker knockout wins. I will oh. say this card, it's a fine card. I think AK, you gave it a seven something, which is, I think, about right. Because um, it gets a little boost being the first one in France. If this card still had... Uh, Manon Fioro uh, versus Caitlin Chukagian or Jessica Andrade, whichever one of those, and Cedric Dumbe, this card would be uh, rocketed up into the high eights. With those I, I forgot it about the Dumbe. Little juice I forgot about Dumbe. You, yeah. I, yeah. Nah, it, yeah. Like there um, are, you were there producing are, BTL. You didn't remember New York. Yeah, Rangers? I also, well, yeah. no, I remember yeah. it. Like it, it hurt. It hurt, and I was like, yeah. it repressed memories. You Fresh. know, I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes. It's all coming back. There, there are like six good, like good fights on this card, and the rest is whatever. Um, varying levels of okay. If you add the like essentially a a flyweight title eliminator to this, oh god, plus yeah. plus Doombay, like. This card becomes yeah change, change awesome. about order a bit yeah main event yeah. co-main event's great get rid of Jacarico put um, Andrade um, Manoa Faro then put Cedric Gumbay and then move up um, Imavov and Buckley dude that yeah, main just, card will be if you, fuck sick like yeah if you I'm, I'm so excited I'm cursing fights, now <laughs> yeah if if you had those two fights then you can just put Imavov Buckley as the prelim main yeah, event and that it would all make sense fly, then, yeah oh, yeah oh. card would be so good with those two those two things that fell off it hey so the uh, you know the UFC tried they tried they did a, they, they did try to put a great card together and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just you know things happen but, yeah uh, I'm not I'm not blaming them on this one not, and yeah. especially because yeah. it's still a perfectly fine card but yeah. it. It has a chance to really be special, and because of that's how the fight game works, it a couple of pretty key fights fell off. And it's, daytime, bumping, it's a daytime card. It is. Yes, it's I was just gonna say I'm bumping, yeah. I'm, I'm bumping it up to a seven point nine because of what you just said, Casey. Yeah. We glossed over the fact that it's early day MMA. Mm-hmm. The prelims start at noon Eastern, and then the main cards at I believe three p.m. Eastern. This is perfect. This is perfect. Now I know if you're, I know for the Jed Bashus and GCs of the world, and for, the, for the southern, <laughs> for the southern college folk, it's a little bit of a tough hang because college football officially, like the real stuff, really kicks off on Saturday. So we're kind of no competing. Dogs. But <laughs> for people like me who grew up in Massachusetts who don't give a damn about that, let's go, let's go. I love everything about this in terms of the start times and everything else. And with that being said, we're being played off. AK's dancing away. Jed's swaying. Casey's swaying. And I'm wrapping us up. Now I have to put the explicit tag on the podcast because uh, Casey had the curse. So I know, yeah. Thank you very much for me having to click an extra button. But <laughs> so, back here tomorrow. So much extra work for you, Mike. 11.30 a.m. Eastern, baby. For the People's Pre-Fight Show, get your coffee, get your croissant, the crepes ready to go, and we will see you then. But for AK, for Jed, for Casey Lydon, I am Mike Heck. 
We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Love you guys and go dogs. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.